welcome to the Jock Friend Supercoach Podcast. I am Lek Dog, and I am joined by two beautiful men. The first is wearing a lovely woolen blanket. How are you, Patch? I'm warm. I am safe and warm in the reddest blanket in the world. And Damo, you look relatively comfortable over in Perth. I'm still in my work uniform. I've had to come straight in and start recording with you guys. You look very, very professional. Gentlemen, community, today, once again, we are brought to you by Manscaped, which reminded me of a, a story I wanted to talk about. I we was at my friend's house, friend of the pod, shout out to Darcy. I was at his house and he was doing his bathroom. He had just done his bathroom up. And I went in there and in his shower, I was checking out the pressure, having a bit of a look around and in in his shower there was a pair of scissors hanging from a string and i, I said what <laughs> yeah that's that was my hot take i said Darcy, what 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 are the what are those scissors for and he's like what do you think they're for i was like i don't know they're very large scissors for like cutting your nails he said no no i use them to trim my pubes and i said what do you what do you mean and he said he said i what i do i just get wet and i push the scissors right up against my skin and i just cut away and that scared oh, man. the living hell out of me but guess what darcy you don't need to use scissors on your skin in the shower you maniac because you can use manscaped um in their package 4.0 they sent us the lawnmower 4.0, um, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, performance boxer brace, and a travel bag for all those goodies. Patch the f- lawnmower 4.0. Uh, it's water safe. It's advanced skin safe. It's got an LED light on it, so you can see what you're doing when you're going down there. All things that are much safer than using a pair of kitchen scissors. Mm, yeah, I mean, the the big thing there is that they're called the Lawnmower 4.0 and not kitchen scissors hanging on a string. <laughs> so um, that's, look, it's already got a significant leg up, but then you add all those other features and holy, holy dooly. Well, all the jock listeners out there, you can join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. off and free worldwide shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. That's about 8 million balls currently using Manscaped. That's manscaped.com. Use code J-O-C-K, JOCK, for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Demo, using the code, supporting us in this sort of endeavor is very important, isn't it? It is, and we understand that the ads and these ad reads could get a little bit annoying, but it's helping this podcast and our community get all the content that they love to read and listen to. Yeah, and, you know, it. it's also a great product. Like, I have never used more deodorant on my balls than I have currently. I can confirm they smell excellent. Really, really good. Um, Mine or much yours? Much more pleasant. Yes. Like, well, Yes. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's get into the podcast. What a what a wild week of football it was. It feels good to go for a... F- hey, we all got wins this week. We all got wins. It was a legitimate round of football with nine games played. And haven't had many now, of them the best is- win. Oh, man. 
<laughs> what a win it was. Suck an egg, Hawthorne. Go suck an egg. Let's uh, let's get into our positives and negatives for the round. I'll start with a positive, gentlemen. And my positive is maybe the greatest footballer to have ever pulled on the boots. Maybe the most dominant force to ever walk onto a ground. Maybe the most beautiful man to have ever been birthed. Daniel Rich entered my team as a late inclusion. Wowee. And he bounced back with a 117. It hit the trade from Ridley to Daniel Rich. Left me with zero dollars. Oh. It was a sign. I was expecting the fantasy gods to strike him down. They were very kind to me on week one of the Daniel Rich experience. And for the first time in podcast history, my favorite player is in my super coach team. You love to see it. How does it feel? How do you feel? I told you this year that I wasn't doing voodoo curses. I wasn't doing bad juju. And it feels good. It feels good to embrace the the chaos that is the universe, Patch. I feel my vibrations vibrating at a higher level. I am one with the Supercoach universe. That's how I feel. Very good. Very good. wanted to lean into that auntie Don a bit, but I couldn't remember how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that's what you were doing, the Alan DeGeneres. No, I was just vibing it, but it's yeah. very auntie Donna inspired, so thank you. Thank you. No worries. Damo. Damo, talk to us. My positive is that I held Hewitt and I held Ridley and I still managed to score enough to move up in the rankings. Well done. Well done. Was that, so I'm assuming you had Gibkiss and DeConning or something like that in, in defensive cover? That was it. Haven't they just come along out of nowhere? Oh, man. And then you add Paddy McCartan's 94 in there and, oh boy. Oh boy. It's exciting. Very nice stuff. Very what about you, Patchy Boy? Ooh, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, look, I mean, I brought Jaden Short in this week, and that was fun. One hundred and nine. I'm not going to complain at that about that. But no, Paddy McCartan is um, is my pick. He's uh, I held him. Um, he's been my boy for quite some time, um, as long listeners of the podcast will know. And then Ridley out with an illness. You know, had had McCartan stuck on the bench with the emergency on him and then no player to loop him with. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? I'm a Muppet. Absolute just moron of the highest order that I can't get that 94 on field. And hey, Jordan Ridley comes down with the flu, not the spicy flu, just the regular flu, and he's out. And McCartan's in and scored more than Ridley would have anyway. So bully for me. Bully for me. Shout out to you, Paddy Mac. Big game from you this week. I traded you out last week, and I regret it. Moving on to the negatives of the week. Gentlemen, I'm casting an eye across my team, and while no one was particularly bad, well, that's not true, is it? Zach Butters. Come on. Zach Butters. Mm. Zach Butters. Jade Gresham, you're in there as well. You too. Jade Gresham, I, I expect this from you. I'm understandable that you're going to drop a poor game. Or, but Zach Butters, back in the midfield rotation, you drop it at 52 points? Come on, champ. It's unacceptable. And after we gave you the thumbnail of the podcast last week, 52 points. 
Damo, was were you wearing your tinfoil hat watching this game again? Is I there don't... a conspiracy? Is Big Super Coach out to get Zach Butters? No, he genuinely had a terrible game. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's disappointing, but that's my negative. I think that affected a lot of people, and now there's going to be a question of uh, what do we do? He's had four scores in the 50s this year, averaging 90. He is literally a roller coaster. I've got a question to ask about Butters, but we need to get on to Patch and I's negatives. Patch, you can go first. Um, oh, look, in a similar vein, um, Stephen Ganigliog is, uh, he's not quite doing what he was doing at the start of the year when we were talking about, oh, he's a keeper. He, we can keep him the whole year. It's, it's going to be great. He'll average like 95 for somebody that we paid like 200 K for. And then Cameron's cube has, has got to work. And also the fact that the giants have had more players come back and playing more of them in the midfield, um, he dropped a 70 on the weekend and despite having Carlton and West Coast in the next few weeks, or West Coast in two weeks and North two weeks after that, um, I've just done autopilot and thought that Carlton was an easy, uh, easy score for And him. I didn't pick up on it. And no, I did not didn't. pick up on it. God, I'm battered. Oh, God. Um, yeah, after those games, and especially when Jacob Hopper gets back, he might get no midfield time and he might... Like I'm sitting here looking at, at Butters and, and Canelio next to each other in the forward line thinking, Oh, do we do we have to do we have to do something about that? Is that is that an issue? Should we mm, mm. Fortunately it's not one till the buys, but it just kind of keeps me awake at night. Well, uh, we don't have to delve too deep into it, but here are the players breakdown by CBAs on the weekend for GWS. Lockie Ash, seventy five percent. Tom Green, 75% leading the way. Braden Proust, 70. Tim Taranto, 55. Callan Ward, 30. Josh Kelly, 30. Matt Flynn, 30. Ganigliog, 20. Lockie Whitfield, 15. So not only is there a large mix of players in there, there's a mix of players that I don't really understand why they would be in there, and there's a mix of players that should be in there. Why is Callan Ward still in that midfield mix? I don't. I don't know. Damo? What was your negative for round eight, 2022? Hey guys, it's a segue. Max Gorn is my negative for the week. Mm. Mm. Did you have him as captain like I did? No, I didn't. Um, but there's a, now a chance that he could be rested against West Coast this week, which would cause some people to need to do some shuffling. Well, let's talk about it. We can now move into injuries and all that stuff. Max Gorn out with a knee injury. Probably, we've got to ask the question, would he be missing if he wasn't playing West Coast this week, Damo? If it was an elimination final, he would be playing. Mm. If it was a grand final, he would be playing. If it was at the pointy end of the season and they had to secure a top eight spot, he would be playing. But he's not. He's coming over to Perth, long flight, playing West Coast, who, let's be honest, aren't going fantastically at the moment. Well, calm down, Domo. <laughs> that, that spicy hot take. And um, he's clearly he clearly was playing a bit sore in that second half. There's no reason why Melbourne need to risk him for this game. 
Patch, what's your vibe on the Max Gorn? I don't know. Well, the the phone was buzzing at work today as the professor um, who did a lot of a couple of preseason articles for us runs a supercomputer behind the scenes. Very good and very smart. um, Unlike myself, Um, he was uh, analyzing a couple of stills of Max Gorn of the tape that they had around him uh, with his training as a bioengineer, smart person. and yeah, from two photos, he managed to basically diagnose his knee and uh, said that the outcome could be anywhere from his rested this week to his leg might need amputating. Um, so That's a range, of outcomes. <laughs> range um, of outcomes. So I'm not sure what this means. Um, and it's certainly something to watch later in the week. But he did raise the interesting question of, you know, say, say Gorn has done something he's you know, it, it got knocked in a contest. God knows what could have happened to it. Is there a cutoff point where we trade Max Gorn? Do we, if it's like after three weeks, do we just say, well, no, if he's, if they come back to us this week and say, no, he'll miss two or three, right, do you hold? At what point do you trade Max Gorn? Aggressive players will want to trade. My gut would be, what round do they have the buy-in? 12, no, 13, 14. They got the round 14 by. So if it was two to three weeks, is he getting rested through to the buy or is he coming back? There's going to be a lot of questions if they give a time frame that isn't, is pretty vague. The good news is that most people, in fact, pretty much everyone out there listening to this podcast will have a decent cover at R3, if not uh, in the forward line. We're going to have some more positional changes soon. Guys like Darcy Cameron, who, shout out to Tim Mitchell, bought him in and he turned up on the weekend, is going to become ruck eligible. You can bring him into your forward line this week. There are ways to to man the fort if Max Gorn is to miss some time. It doesn't really answer your question, Patch, because no, it does not. hasn't it does happened not. yet. What I'm saying it's- is you can probably hold a Max Gorn although I think most people would be tempted to trade if he was going to miss any sort of time. It seems like this year, a two to three weeker, people trade as if it's a four to five weeker in a previous year. You've given me a range of outcomes, which uh, matches the range of outcomes I gave you. So it is a nice um, symbiotic relationship that we have going here. A lot of questions and no answers. If you listen to Max Gorn in his radio interview this morning, he reckons he's fine. But then again, players will always say that. Yeah, literally. The, Max Gorn's leg could have fallen off and he'd be like, no, yeah, I'm pretty confident I'll get up for the weekend. Just a flesh wound. Well, let's... Just a flesh keep, wound. Yeah, let, let's keep moving. Uh, were there any major injuries that we need to be concerned about this week, gentlemen? Yeah, speaking of flesh wounds, uh, what a segue. Just segues coming out the wazoo tonight. Uh, or this morning, whenever you are listening to this podcast, segues galore. Um, Jack Martin uh, will miss some football. Leck dog, does that mean Jack Carroll stays in the team? I think he was going to anyway, but it certainly helps his cause. Uh, we talked about it on, on our sort of internal Inner Sanctum chat. There's a few players who are probably... Um, you know, on the borderline with some some quality players in the reserves pushing for selection, but I'm pretty confident in Jack Carroll. Obviously, didn't have quite the impact he had in his debut, but I thought he 
after essentially, I don't even know if he had a disposal at quarter time, but after quarter time, he he really started showing his wares and went through the midfield and he was impactful. So yeah, it, it's probably good news for him. Although I don't think it's good news for Carlton. No, and I think that was just about the only injury that will impact us from a super coach perspective. The dogs had a few players go down in Cody Waitman, Tim O'Brien and Laith Vandermeer, which you'd think is only good news for those that brought in Robbie McComb and enjoyed his 73 super coach points on the weekend in his first little price rise. So well done to those that took the plunge on the Bevo salad. But Damo, unless I've missed anyone, I think that may well be it on the on the injury front. I suppose we can touch on Jordan Ridley being a late out with the flu. Um, he's likely to return because he was a very late out and they were he was very close to playing if you listened to the Ben Rutten post-match press conference. And who knows what's happening with George Hewitt, but I think if you've held on to him for this long, you've got to keep holding, holding on to him. Yeah, hearing some some vibes around the tracks that he, he might actually end up playing this week, which would be a great result. No, and I just result. wanted to awful result. I traded him out. He should miss another three. Patch, I was about to give you a compliment, but now I don't know if I should. No, you shouldn't. Go away. A few weeks ago, you mentioned Mason Redman as a potential, and he just keeps playing really well. Not necessarily was... scoring hundreds, but he keeps playing really well. Well, he did score two in a row. I was going to bring him up actually, um, as we talked about premiums later on in the show, because he's. Not, he's not quite a premium yet, but he's his last five, 96, 62, 108, 107, 91. And he's really just, he's he's taking the game on and they're looking for him and they're using him. And I just, I also just love watching him play football. He's just one of my favorite players to watch play, uh, which also helps when they're in my super coach side that I can root for them for two reasons, not just when, you know, the heyday of, of Tom Mitchell and, and Dana Swan just getting cheeky little one-two handballs that you didn't really <laughs> see or notice. Um, so, no, I I still have half an eye on him and I'm still tempted to bring him in uh, at 417K, but I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger yet with a few other players uh, presenting better value. Well, let's... Uh, look, I, I, I agree. I went... I actually watched three games live this week. I was very tired and very busy. Um, but I was just really struck at how they were using him as that sort of outlet out coming out of defense almost every time. But before we continue talking about Primo's demo, we got a lot of players on the bubble, so we should probably talk about some of them. Yep, so we'll start at the cheapest. Cooper Hamilton is 102k forward mid, plays for the Giants. Um, who knows where he sits in Cameron's cube, but... The cube, the cube, all he glory to the cube. To have some pretty good job security, considering they're pretty much at full strength at the moment, apart from Jacob Hopper, you would say. Yeah, and I don't think Jacob Hopper is pushing a, a running or small defender out of that side. Um, although maybe he comes back as a small defender, maybe he's rebranded in the off season under Leon Cameron. Who knows? Um, Sixty-eight in his first game, fifty-five in his second game. Has a nice break even of minus 63. He's one that we can definitely think about, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. The Colburn Abbott lad has looked very good. Um, his fitness is obviously up to standard. He's smashed all the time trials um, at the start of the preseason. And uh, yeah, they, they've got pretty big wraps on him. So at this stage, he looks he looks like a good rookie and he'll get a decent run at it. 
Next player on the bubble is Morris Rioli at the Tigers. Another forward mid, $123,900. Break-even of 92. Has scored 92 and 72 in his two games this year. Um, Break-even of negative 92. Sorry, just an important distinction. Negative 92, yes. Um, And... He looks like a good option, but he could also do a Malcolm Roses on us and score 18 in his fourth game and make his BE, his break-even, completely out of reach. He strikes me as the kind of player where when some of the hype wears off, maybe some of the uh, points might wear off. Not that champion data would ever attribute points to hype, but just feels like one of those players who, who so far has been tackling really well and pressuring really well. You can see that drop off pretty quickly with with younger players, but hey, he looked really good. Another another game I saw in person, he looked really good. It was really exciting. And we mentioned him before. Jack Carroll is on the bubble. Break even of negative eighty two. Scored ninety five in his first game, fifty nine in his second game. He seems like the pick of the bunch this week, and then it comes down to whether you trust Leon Cameron with Cooper Hamilton or if you trust Morris Rioli to continue scoring the way he is, if you're going to do a double downgrade. Well, let's talk about it. It's double downgrade, baby. It's oh, double absolutely. downgrade week, baby. Absolutely, because there are a few others as well loitering around on the bubble, perhaps not as enticing, but you've got Callum Jamison, who I think if for some reason you don't have a playing R3, I think he's the play this week, had the two games, had a uh, 72 and a 20-odd, which isn't a lot, but the 20-odd was as a key forward, Uh, but he's now the sole ruck in that West Coast side, unless Stanatica comes back, which he might. He's also on the bubble um, with a break-even of negative 72, so both of them are options. Uh, So is Aiden Begg in the ruck, so boost in the rucks and triple downgrade in the rucks, baby. Do it, you cowards. Um, yeah, don't don't get sucked into a guy like a Declan Mountford. Obviously, you know, not someone we should be trading in. Zach Reed. also I saw some people trading in early last week. No. Not worth trading in. Um, and there's a few guys that fall into that. Jackson Callow on the bubble, uh, averaging 33, scored 41 on the weekend. He's break-even six. Roll's not super coach friendly. Not someone that we should be trading in. Yep. And we can say the same again, Patch, for Frankie Evans down at Geelong, 35, averaging 29, break-even of 15. There are far better options for us. Absolutely. There are far, far better options who, uh, yeah, Damo talked about. So there's still also, assuming he comes back from the spicy cough, Greg Clark, uh, who scored the 104, didn't play on the weekend after being an out. A lot of people will already have him. Um, but he's, if he's playing this week, I still think he's the player, not that he'd ever go early on a player, but hypothetically, 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 um, were you to go early on a player, he would be the person I might consider to go early on in this hypothetical situation where I have already brought him into my team. They can't see you nodding, Patch. I've already brought him into my team. Returning from the spicy cough, I would actually wait until he's on the bubble now because we've seen players return from COVID protocols and take a week or two to get into it. And and considering that we've got Jack Carroll and all those good players that we just spoke about on the bubble this week, ready to make cash, next week might be the week that we eventually flick the likes of a Josh Ward perhaps to Greg Clark. You and your logic, Damo. We're going to have quite a few to to talk about um, 
who will be on the bubble next week, assuming they hold their spots. Cooper Stevens debuted 66, was pretty solid. Mitch Nevitt laid in, scored 49 for the Hawks. And Roy Thompson, shout out to Roy Thompson, long-time listener to the pod. No, we love Roy Thompson. He came back, but Jai Amis, sorry, that's not how you pronounce his name. Amos. Jai Amos came in and scored 75. Damo, forward rookie at 175K. See someone that has any relevance, just, just projecting ahead a couple of weeks. Nope. Okay, then. I think we can move on from the rookies. He he scored 75 against North Melbourne. He doesn't come up against North Melbourne every week. Wow. I hope Azza's not listening. We love we, you, Azza. But we love Azza. We do, but all of us could score 75 against North Melbourne. Are you talking about, well, co- are you talking about collectively or individually? Um, I'll leave that to you to decide. Otherwise, uh, Azza will shout at me. Here's the thing, though, which you don't think about. Even if you're in the AFL, you've got a hard body. My body is soft and supple. If I go into that field, Jack Zebel's going to elbow me in the chest, and I'll die. I will die. Yeah, but you get points for that, don't you? (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Azza. Hype demo. Yeah, the hype debut, the podcast hype. Yeah. We know people in 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 champion data, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We? No, anyway, you're segueing. You were segueing, and we're, well, we're doing I, good segues. I just thought this was this was interesting. I I was I had this brainwave. Maybe it was because I watched more than I think watching games in person just made me sort of have this thought. I feel like way less players are getting forty plus touch games, thirty plus touch games these days, and that way more players like across the field are getting sort of that weird 15 to 20 range. Like I feel like the floor of players getting possessions has lifted, but the ceiling has decreased slightly. What's the maths to is that the standard deviation is decreasing? Uh, the, the mean is higher than the median? Maths, the other way around? maths, computer, computer maths. Uh, what anyway, have we said about doing maths live on this podcast? We don't Sorry, do carry it. on. So we, I had as a look at, the numbers for us, not including 2020 because it skews the numbers. Um, the average possessions per player is actually at the lowest it's been since 2017, lower than last year, which was the second lowest, 15.88 last year. 15.76 is the average disposal this year. 30-plus um, disposals is at the lowest point it's been since 2017. 20-plus disposals is at the lowest point it's been since 2017. Um, Actually, no, sorry. That's slightly up on 2021, and 10-plus is uh, down. So more players are hitting that sort of 20 to 25 mark. Less players are hitting the 30-plus mark, which is why I feel like we're seeing a little bit more inconsistency in, in our premiums scoring. We're not seeing as many monster scores, I feel, con- as consistently as we previously had. And I, the reason I actually started thinking about it was just because in the old days, putting the, the captaincy or the vice captaincy on Lockie Neal when he's the highest possession getter or disposal getter in a game would be an absolute lock for 150. Uh, he was the only player, I think, who had 30 touches in that game and he barely cracked 120 
120, 123, I think it was. Well, so That leads to the question I have out of that data that you've just spoken about. Does that mean that I, like over the course of the season, over the course of a lot of games, that more and more points would be being scored from things that aren't disposals? So you, your contested marks, your intercept marks, your, your hit-outs, as a proportion of what makes up a score, does that then mean that because there are less disposals and there's still the same amount of points to go around in every game of, of Supercoach scoring, does that mean that the players that have more tools at their disposal are the ones that are scoring more? It's a, it's a good question, one I don't have the answers to here on the pod, uh, but I think we'll get Azza to do a bit of an investigation. It might that There will be a metric. Maybe it's marks from marks from the, the kick mark uh, stop stand The, the marks from the kick stop stop stand. Maybe it's tackles, Damo. Do you have any vibes on this? I got a feeling that it's because of the no argument with the umpire. Plays moving on a lot quicker, meaning that there is less time for zones to set up and let and so players are more uh, sort of staying in their third of the ground more often, meaning that defenders are getting more disposals. Midfielders are really only getting the ball if it goes in the centre. Forwards are getting more disposals, and forwards are also getting more chance to mark the ball and kick for goal as well. That sounds smart. No wonder they made you head B guy. <laughs> My other theory was that, yeah, while disposals are going down, I feel like the game's widening up again because Melbourne used the wings so well. Everyone's trying to replicate that. So the the, the ball is getting spread more across the, across the width of the ground, and then... Um, Thus, meaning that your your on ball accumulators just aren't getting it quite as much. It's look, it's not necessarily something that's super coach totally relevant, but there might be some insight there, and it might be why so many of these mid prices, at least to start the season, have been able to maintain their scoring a lot longer than we thought through through as you said, patch other means. It's it's Ooh. I think it's just an interesting little observation and one I think as a will have to watch closely for us. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly an interesting one, and we will no doubt come back to that during the week. Um, All like... right, boys, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to I'm going to throw a few names at you, and I just want a quick yes or no if they are a keeper. Oh, okay. Oh God, Nick Dacos. No. Uh, no, no, he'll drop in off. my team. Yes, but no. Nick okay, Martin. Yes. I think he'll also drop off, but not as much. Zach Butters. Get him away from me. I... But yes, uh, he is. I think yes. I think yes. Stephen Canelio. Uh, no. Think, no. I think no. The Cube. Will Brody. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So a couple of those names that I mentioned there, we probably brought in thinking that we would eventually trade them out. Yes, is that, correct. Is, well, is not for Butters. I thought Butters would be F1 at this point and worth 600k and averaging 163. But anyway, I don't want to talk about it. Moving along. There's a few other names there. You could throw Gresham, Rao, those sort of guys. But yes, I, the intention was to stepping stone them. Zach Butters is splitting people. Some people brought him in as a mid-pricer. Some people brought him in as a premium. 
those that brought him in, not really sure what he could output, but knew that he was underpriced. Is the trade saved from not trading Will Brody? Is that then able to be replanned to move on an underperformer like a Zach Butters? I'll throw this at you, Damo. I think people's trading behaviours have changed and they've been far more aggressive and gone far earlier on rookies than they normally would and have jumped, you know, used trade boosts to upgrade more quickly than they otherwise would have around these guys because initially they looked like keepers. So while yes, if you think Will Brody's a keeper and you initially were going to trade him and you trade Butters instead now, in theory, you're net net positive or net even with your trades. But I reckon if you have Will Brody and Zach Butters, you've probably traded other rookies around instead more aggressively than you would have. And you've probably actually already used that trade. Just an interesting sort of thing that came to my mind in seeing people talk about, because people, some people are saying Nick Martin's now a keeper, Will Brody's now a keeper, Nick Dacos is someone that you could possibly keep until the later stages of the season. All those sorts of players, it sort of makes you wonder, these underperforming premiums, why are we happy with an 83 average from Nick Dacos but not an 86 average from Zach Butters? Mm, yeah, no, it's a good, good psychological little, um, little brain teaser there. And yeah, I think as you said, it's kind of about that expectation that you know Dacos has exceeded expectations, so we're happy with him, and the vibes are good. But as has started kind of melting and become a, I can't believe it's not Zach Butters, and uh-huh. we're mad and disappointed, and it means we want to get rid of him. And yeah, no, it's 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 a good question. It is a good question. It's like it's kind of like a cognitive bias that you're looking at the the average in regards to the player holding the average rather than the average on its own, which kind of touches on. Whereas we're like, no, it's Nick Dacos's first year. Of course, eighty three is okay. Zach Butters, he's been in he's been in the league for five years. His eighty seven's bad. It's kind of like that the the average versus total points discussion we that I like to have all the time where, sure, if a guy averages 80, it's worse than a guy averaging 90, but not if the guy averaging 80 plays five more games. So yeah. it, I, it's actually a very interesting question, Damon. You've, you've made me reconsider how I'm potentially thinking about my team. Well, the creative accounting means that you've just justified me in using five more trades that I wouldn't. So when I run out of trades, I'll be knocking at your door with the hat out begging for more please <laughs> i will also have none to give you oh dear oh dear how many do we have can we get a vibe check on the trade front after doing trades this week uh, i'm shaking my head i've got uh 24 trades left and after i haven't this... traded this week demo after trading this week mm-hmm. 21 with two boosts left oh no I also don't really have any rookies that don't have an achievable break-even to trade this week to all these guys who aren't on the bubble, which is an issue. I will say I've been quite aggressive and I've probably only got two on-field places that drastically need to be improved. I have 19 left, um, which doesn't feel like a lot of trades. Mm, Um, And also my team is still bad. So... 
I just wanted a vibe check, and the vibe checks are bad for me. But <laughs> um, very briefly, we can talk about rookies because there's, I think, this week presents a really nice opportunity, double downgrading. We can get rid of, if you've got your, your Brady who, what, where, when, how, your Connor McDonald's, your... Nathan um, O'Driscoll, Nathan Josh o- Shelley. Yeah, Josh Ward. Some of these, um, you know, like I still had um, uh, Dylan Stevens from the Swans on my bench. I think it's a nice little week to pick one of them off and just downgrade them to a you know, Cooper Hamilton or Jack Carroll to, to just get that cash generation moving again. I don't think you have to necessarily go after your, your Josh Gibkisses or your, your Sam DeConnings or all these players that do still have the the achievable break-evens. I think we can do a little bit of housekeeping this week if we're double downgrading and do, you know, one Nathan O'Driscoll or Josh Rochelle down and then do another, um, you know, stagnant or, or dead rookie and then, uh, you know, get, get that spot moving again. Just to telegraph my trades, I've gone Connor McDonald down to Jack Carroll and... Nathan O'Driscoll down to Morris Rioli. Very, so, very good. Although, what if you want to go up? What if you also, what if you're like, nope, I need an upgrade. I want, I need to go up. Or like me, you've seen that shiny, shiny trade boost button and gone down twice and then up once. Anyway, um, is there anyone that has caught your eye on the up side of the spectrum? get it because like upside they've got like upside and they're on the up side of it get it it? get it that's very clever for you thank you wait a minute demo do we need to just do the you were right about hugh mcluggage thing or are we going to skip that oh no you can go ahead yeah that's good yep all right like one two three you were right about hugh mcluggage demo just like i was right about andrew brayshaw Andrew Brayshaw. Andrew Brayshaw. <laughs> Patch um, is editing this and he definitely won't cut that. Oh, no, absolutely not. That is staying right in. Um, and he's, he is very cheap at the moment. For what he's worth, he's the player I've bought in at the moment. $570,700 dollar dues Scored 134 this week. Averaging 119.3. Um, looks very, 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 very good. Has the Suns and then Collingwood before playing at Melbourne. Uh, so it has a, a nice little run for the next little while, and it's the last time we will get him. Uh, his break-even is still 122, so he's still got you know, more, a couple of more weeks at this price, but uh, his points output means that he's someone everyone should be looking at. Yeah, I'm actually tempted to... Um, I'm tempted to... I don't have him. I'm tempted to wait a week... Break even one two two. There's a chance that old Stewie do does something something a bit weird and maybe sends you know Matt Rowell to him or something. I'm just happy to maybe wait one more week myself. I actually feel like Stewie Jew will send someone to Will Brody just to be like, just oh, just, just you're just, not just, getting just, thirty disposals against me, mate. Exactly right. Just just as just as a big fuck you to the Dockers for taking him. Yeah, and playing so well. Get Levi Casbolt to give him the double cobra left right good night. Um and then hearing Pat so elo- eloquently say left right good night and pronouncing every letter in it is beautiful. I'm glad you were along for the ride. Um there are a few other players that have really piqued my interest this week. Um we've spoken about 
Um, Christian Petrarca a few times, still 560k with a oh what a run they've got. Uh, North Melbourne and West Coast in the next two weeks, he could genuinely score. 400 points across those next two weeks. In the back line, Scott Pendlebury, 540k, averaging 105, uh, which would be a nice little chance for people to get a throwback and bring Scott Pendlebury into their sides, um, but cheaper than him and scoring more points on the weekend than him was Jordan Dawson with 134 at 519k. Gentlemen, do either of those players interest you in the back line? They interest me. I can't afford them, but they interest me. I really like Jordan Dawson. Yes, you heard the bit when I said I had $0 after trading in Daniel Rich, didn't you? I did, yes. Yes. That, no, in, in a hypothetical me, world where you had money or were a listener who was in a position where they had a little bit more money. Oh, you want me to have empathy? Or have empathy, left dog, you jerk. Um, God, you inconsiderate. I mean, you know I love Jordan Dawson and against the Blues, I, I was actually... I was relatively impressed with with watching him live. Um, was really good by foot. Was always, uh, you know, being used as a switcher and outlet. Yeah, look, there's there's no danger in selecting him. I don't think. Staying in defence, and shout out to Azza for pointing this out. Do we need to start thinking about Isaac coming? I was just about to bring him up because I don't think we've actually really mentioned his name on the pod much this year, but averaging 109, 116 from his last three games, still 550k, so relatively affordable and in 0.7% of teams. Um, damn it, I think he's real. Do you think he's real? Do I trust Cameron's cube? I don't know oh, if I do. No, you don't. No one does. No, you don't, Mr. Simpson. No one does. I'm not willing to spend 550k on a defensive upgrade. We saw people, and look, this is, he's going to be fine, but we saw people jump on Tom Stewart at, you know, 580k or whatever it was, close to 600k, and he has pumped out some not so great scores since then. In fact, I can't even find what he scored, but I'm pretty sure it was like 73, wasn't it? Uh, it was 70 something, 75 maybe, 74, nearly there. Nearly there, pretty close. So, so there. I'm just personally not willing to invest more than 550k into a player at this stage. Uh, but, but I do think it's real. I do think it's real. Let's play guess the player. Oh, I love this game. Okay. Averaging 98.6 for the year. His last three scores are 113, 120, and 101. You can select me as a forward. Who am I? Uh, are you Taylor Walker? You're in the realm. You're, you're, you're in the realm. Oh, that worries me so much. That oh. Are you Tyson Stengel? No. Should I just tell you? Who? Yeah, who, by the way, has become a really good rookie somehow. Well Continue. done, Tyson Stengel. Rory Lobb. Oh, Damo. Only one score below 88 for the year. Really? Really? 113, 88, 57, 98, 101, 120, 113. Ooh, they're he good did scores. didn't play on the weekend, did he? Didn't play on the weekend, had the spicy cough. But if he comes back and looks good against Gold Coast. 
He is someone I am going to seriously consider. But, but lo- looking at it. those scores, what does that put his price at? 483000 <sighs> Oh, Damo. You know who you can get for 480k? Patrick Dangerfield you can get for 480k. Patrick Dangerfield's yesterday news, man. Get with the times. Rory Love all the way. Um, oh, geez. I don't know if I could justify paying 380k for Rory Lobb. 480k. Let alone 480. That's a lot of moolah. And it's moolah I do not have to spend, nor do I wish to spend it. I love it, it. Demo. It's, I, I mean, it's it. good. It's outside the box, and that should be celebrated. Fremantle's um, system's working really well. He's able to impact the scoreboard. He's been relatively accurate in doing so. I like it. I dig it. It's kind of one of those things where he's going to be a risk that someone's going to take later in the year and it's going to pay off because he's going to score like 105 in seven out of eight games. I dig no. it. You know who I almost picked up instead of... Uh, Daniel Rich, and you'll be able to attest to this because I messaged in the group that said this. Jack Scrimshaw mm. at 400. Well, he was about 400K. He's now 438K or $438,900, averaging 98 over the last three. He did have a game this year where he scored seven. I believe he got injured in that game. I don't think he was played the whole game. Uh, no, he didn't. He only played uh, like, you know, 20 minutes or something. Scored seven. Again, got injured. When he did so, um, if you take that out of his average, because I think that's reasonable because it was like an innocuous sort of injury, he's averaging well over 90. So 103 and 109 in his last two. Very cheap. Hawthorne uh, were looking to use him, similar to how Essen were looking to use Redmond. I'm just, I just think he's a, a, an interesting little option. I just think he's neat, you say, about... No, I'm not going to call Jack Scrimshaw a, a spud. The pun is there. The joke is there. But no, he's better than that. And you're right. He's not a terrible option. I worry about Chiath returning and That's potentially adding up points. But yeah, I, I don't I don't dislike it. Um, Dane Zorko is still 530k as well, um, averaging 105 average last three, um, despite He's on one leg, but has played every game this year, and I don't know how that was working, but it is. So he still scares me. Oh, he terrifies me. But I just thought I would mention him. I think uh, I think we're probably once once we get to the point in the podcast where we met, mentioned Dane Zorg, I think it's generally a good time to start wrapping things up. I think that's fair. I think that is fair. Uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen, on uh, on the state of play, as it were? Uh, no, just gear up for the buys. They're fast approaching four weeks until the buys or three weeks and then the buys. Make sure anyone you're trading in doesn't leave you with six players to field in one week if you're playing for ranked. If you're playing for league, I don't think they play through the buys. So enjoy your life during those weeks. Also, obviously wanted to say thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast Go to manscaped.com, use code J-O-C-K, that's code JOCK, and that'll get you 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Shout out to their 
performance package 4.0 which is what they sent us and oh by the way the jocks they sent i don't know if you guys have worn that oh my god they're so comfortable I want oh my to, god i because i am normally a bamboo threaded briefs man but i i just go the short the short legs these things are like trunks and oh my god i'm i'm moving to longer i'm i'm doing it. i'm making the move to longer length underwear i loved the t-shirt that came in the box it's a, the, i haven't worn it but the fabric is feels real nice it feels real nice there's also something great about wearing a t-shirt that talks about your testicles in public very true very I true Damo- bring, I, I can't bring myself to do that but yes <laughs> Damo, so any, to them, but yeah, anyway, any thanks, final Matt. thoughts Damo? um if the last three weeks have told us anything don't lock in your trades until teams are actually released because curveballs are coming and having a score that is active on your field is more important than upgrading your team, really. Yeah, as those sage prophets Smash Mouth once said, once said those curveballs start coming and they don't stop coming. Uh, my final thought for the week is a shout-out to Jack Sinclair for wearing just the, the most drop-dead gorgeous sleeves I've seen in my gosh-darned life. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And to the social media manager for Collingwood, who has now embraced the sleeve watch hashtag. Go them. Up the baggers. Go Dockers. Up the sleeves and the dons, I guess. (laughs) 